Aloha and welcome. Today's class on crystals and gemstones is going to be about how do we select what's going to work for us. Just reading about a gemstone, some people think, oh, I need this and I need this and I need this. And then when they actually get the gemstone, they're kind of like, mm, I don't like the way this feels or I don't like, like the way this looks. I don't really feel an affinity to it. So almost anything you can do with any specific gemstone, there's another gemstone that has similar properties. And those properties may actually work better for you since our vibrations are all different. So not everything is going to work the same for everybody. So that's the first thing we need to, to understand. First, I'm going to talk about how do we select our gemstones when we're in a shop and everything's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And you're like, oh, it's so pretty. I want this, I want this, I want this. So the way to do that is hopefully when you go into a shop, you have some kind of an idea of what you want to use the crystal for. But even then, there may be times where something really calls to you. And I've had that happen to me previously when I will go into a local shop and I'm kind of browsing and something is calling to me. I'm like, but that's not what I came in here for. And then I go home and I end up dreaming about it for three days. So then I have to go back and get it because it, when you start dreaming about it, it's really calling to you. And that is key. You want the stones that want to work with you. Stones have their own type of soul, their own energy, and you want an energy that vibrates along the same frequency as yours, or that's going to help pull yours up. So I also want to talk about the different ways that stones can present. So we have like tumbled stones, and this, believe it or not, is a rose quartz, even though in my lighting you can't see the pink very well. You have crystal balls, again, a rose quartz. You have eggs. And I don't know why, but I didn't get my, my crystal, my rose quartz heart, but here's a heart in a fluorite, rainbow fluorite. You also have wands like this. And wands generally will either have a point at one end and round it at the other, or it will have a point at both ends. And they can be used for a myriad of different things. So is there really a difference between a stone that has been tumbled or a stone that comes raw? So I'm going to take you on a trip with fluorite. I love fluorite. So this is rainbow fluorite. It obviously has been shaped and tumbled. You could see the colors in it pretty well when you're seeing it in person. It's got a little bit of blue, it's got the purple, it has some clear, and obviously it has green. So it has basically all the colors of the fluorite that it can be. And then I have my wand. The one side is rounded for the feminine aspect. The other side is pointed for the masculine aspect. And these are often used when you're doing healing, if you're doing Reiki, if you're doing um, any type of massage, pressure points, even acupuncture or acupressure, you could use this type of a stone. Then we have the raw forms. This is a piece of very deep, deep purple fluorite in its natural form. And this one's going to really shock you. This, still on its matrix, is also purple fluorite, but it's very light. Now, why would you get a heart versus the wand versus raw versus on the matrix? Some people who work with stones feel that if the stone is separated from its matrix, it loses some of its potency, some of its power. So something like this would be most powerful and could be used in the most different ways. So far as like really utilizing 
the energy of the stone. Some people prescribe to that, other people don't. I feel that I prefer raw stones, geode form, or, you know, it's still actively in their house, kind of. But it's a personal preference. I don't necessarily feel that working with that kind of a stone is more potent than working with one that is tumbled or one that is shaped in some way. I feel that when I work with my stones, whatever stones I'm working with, whether they're shaped or not, that they will lend their potency to me because of the relationship I have with those stones. So it's like you have some friends, one is a high maintenance chick, she's always got her nails done and everything. The other is more tomboyish, she's always like working on the farm and whatnot. And you have your city kid and your urban kid and well city and urban are the same. Suburban kid is what I meant to say. And they're all a little bit different and you're gonna take each one out at different times with you because you have a different thing that you wanna do. So like if you're going out clubbing, you might wanna go with the, the high maintenance person. If you're gonna be out camping, you might wanna go with the farmer type. It's the same thing with your gemstones. It's about getting to know them and getting to know their particular personality. So, how do we pick? To do a little bit of research on gemstones is fine, so that you have an idea of what you're looking for. Especially when you're going out and selecting a stone, it's a little bit easier to uh, discern which is more in your vibrational field. So you'll get pulled to certain stones. If you get pulled to a bunch of them, you could put them all down flat and then you, you put your, usually your left hand, you hover over them just a little bit, like I'd say only a couple inches. And if that stone really wants to come home with you, once when you put your hand over it, you'll feel heat rising up or you'll feel like a pull. And that's a good indicator that that stone is for you. How do you do that none of the stone stores are open right now <laughs> or if you can't get to one or there's none close to you the other thing i want to mention about going to the store and selecting a stone it does not have to be a metaphysical store i used to go all the time to discovery toys and find the, the most beautiful specimens and get really nice stones because they sell the stones as you know like feldspar or their quartz or agate or whatever and they sell them as specimens a lot of times they will have really nice specimens and there are times where they'll have more of the raw. So going into anywhere that sells stones, you can pick up a stone. It's not really gonna make a difference. What does make a difference is when you pick up the stone, how does it make you feel? I have actually had experiences where I picked up a stone and it hurt like it sent a shock and you had to let it go right away. This will happen for a myriad of reasons. One might be that that stone does not want to go home with you. They already picked somebody else. The most common cause though, is that it's been irradiated. People will take beautiful gemstones and irradiate them or put radiation through them. And it basically cracks the spirit of the stone. It alters and morphs the DNA. Um, the spiritual DNA of the stone and it becomes toxic. And that's why when you touch these stones or you're around them, you might get a headache, it'll be painful when you pick it up, or even if you end up buying it and you're wearing it or something, it drains your energy. They're very, very bad. And you never, ever, ever use an altered stone. And by altered, I mean like they heat them up to change the color, they irradiate them to change the color. Dying doesn't do the same thing because it's just like when you dye your hair, it really doesn't change any essence of you. Whereas getting radiation makes you sick. It does the same to stones. So really becoming more aware of your body's reactions to things will help you select the proper stones, especially in person. The third thing you need to watch out for when you're selecting a stone is that 
people will lie about what stone it is. And for that, I should have my lapis lazuli out here. But of course, I didn't grab that one. Lapis lazuli is the most common one that they do this with. So um, I don't know if you can see it, but that blue, that's lapis right there. And the reason why they say things are lapis when it's not is because lapis lazuli is very expensive. It comes from, there was only one mine for a really long time. Now there are two. Yes, very beautiful. So, and the lapis has gold specks in it. What they try to sell as lapis is usually sodalite. Now, sodalite as a stone, is a, it's a great stone, but it's a lot cheaper. And sodalite has, they have white veins, and those white veins are actually salt. So if you leave it in the water too long, it will start to come apart because that will dissolve. And you don't want to put sodalite or your lapis into salt or into anything that is um, harsh because it will wear away the stone, it'll pocket. The difference between sodalite and lapis is lapis has those gold flecks, which are from pyrite in it. And it is made up of, it's a combination of stones, kind of the same way that tiger iron is. So this is a tiger iron egg. What tiger iron is made of is tiger's eye, hematite, and usually like a red jasper or something of that nature to, and that creates the look of the tiger iron. Tiger iron is really powerful. And a lot of these stones that have multiple stones within them are very powerful. Now, the other thing that people look at is size. Does size matter? We women know, not really. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> so some stones, it matters more than others. So like if you have a stone like Peridot, which is my birthstone, I'm August. Um, you can have a tiny little stone or even have like a stone on a ring of Peridot and it will still spread out six feet in every direction and put a shield around you. You can have raw Peridot. You could have peridot in a matrix, which is uh, peridot olivine is basically the same makeup and the same uh, type of energetic. You can have it almost on the yellow side because peridot goes from like a milky yellow all the way to the beautiful parrot green that people like to purchase, which by the way, they are running out of. It is becoming very rare. So that's just a tip. If you want to collect stones, now it's time to pick up Peridot, especially the bigger pieces. They're, they're having a really hard time getting bigger um, gemstone uh, quality pieces. So that's one of those stones that's like, it just has a big presence no matter what. Then you have stones that their size matters a little bit more uh, and the quality might matter a little bit more. The key is what are you interested in? What pulls you? So you might see a stone that everybody else thinks is like, oh, that's ugly, what are you doing? So such as this. This is a piece of milky quartz or feminine quartz. I don't know if you can see it right there. You see how that piece right there is clear? That is a masculine quartz. So this is a feminine quartz with that little piece of a masculine quartz on her, which gets her more balanced. But this stone I found in the bin of like throwaway stones because people thought it wasn't pretty. And because it's not clear, people don't understand that it just has, it has a lot of the same properties of, of masculine quartz, which is the clear quartz, and then some. So the feminine quartz is a more soothing, more healing type of stone. It, is very gentle in the way it works, but it's excellent for healing. It is excellent for any type of healing, getting rid of stress, getting rid of anxiety. It's very, very good for that. Other types of feminine quartz would be things like rose quartz. Rose quartz tends to be 
more milky. And then it has the pink hue. The pink hue makes it rose quartz versus just regular feminine quartz. Now here's another piece of feminine quartz that I have as a tumbled stone. And you won't see that most places will not call it feminine quartz. They might call it milky quartz because most people don't know what feminine quartz is, that there is a feminine and masculine. And in today's society, like it might be, oh no, I want feminine quartz. So you don't want to deal with that. Usually when you ask, most people won't recognize it as being two types of quartz. They call, they might call everything clear quartz crystal, even though it's not actually clear. Um, so having those and not paying attention to what it looks like. So even though something might be considered ugly or might be considered lower quality, you're not using this as a gemstone to wear around your neck or to make earrings. So it really doesn't matter what it looks like. What it matters is what does it feel like to you? Does it feel good? So now we'll talk about how do you figure out online what stones you need? What is it that you're going to purchase? Because you know what you're seeing pictured is not the stone that you're actually going to get 99 out of 100 times. And they say that because, I mean, you would have to put a picture for it. It just doesn't make sense. So it would just be that type of stone. The best thing to do is to, before you go online and look, is to really prepare yourself to do that. Know what your intention is with the stone. So what do I intend to do with the stone? Do I need Moldavite, which is like really powerful? That might not even jive with my system. Do I need something very gentle like milky quartz or rose quartz or something soothing like um, like an agate or something? Like what is it that I'm looking for? So do a little research. What are you trying to solve or what are you trying to do with it? Have an idea. Then what you wanna do is hooray. Either pray or do a meditation or a visualization, see the correct stone coming to you and set your intention that you will know when you come upon the right place to purchase from. And then you let go and let God or let spirit pull in what you need. Every once in a while, you will get something that you're like, Ugh, I thought I needed this or I like this, but I really don't. Rather than just tossing it to the side or getting rid of it or anything like that, what you want to do is you want to see if there's anyone around you. That stone came to you for a reason. There might be someone around you that needs it. So you have it out in your living room. You mention it to your friends. You show it to different people. And if somebody takes an immediate liking to it or you feel that pull, you could do a little meditation and ask the stone, you know, like, who are you here for? and then give the stone to someone else. And it might get passed along a little bit before it finds its forever home, but then at least you're not, you're not just setting it aside. It's, it's not being useless because it's not being used. Some stones, even in their natural state, will take on a shape. I find that a lot of stones that I find are heart-shaped. They're all hearts or they're um, pyramids. I get a lot of stones that are shaped like pyramids. And those two shapes, for whatever reason, really vibe with me. I really like those two shapes. Um, I'm getting off track a little bit. So back to get, buying things online. Your best bet is to go with a retailer that you trust, either someone who maybe has the local store that's closed for the moment. If you contact them, you say, I need X, Y, and Z. Or going with someone online who is very reputable. Um, I highly recommend uh, Spiritual Guru, which is uh, Jennifer O'Neill, who is a personal friend of mine. She's excellent. And she goes through and she hand selects 
all the different types of stones and stuff that, that she puts out there. So, and her prices tend to be very reasonable. So trying to, to figure out a good person or place to pick up your stones. If a stone is in a place that where there's a lot of heavy energy all the time, when you get it, it might be heavy. So you don't want to judge it right away by the way it feels, unless it really hurts your hand, then you want to let it go. You want to cleanse it first because you have to get rid of any extraneous energies. The energy in that stone is going to be earth. It will be whoever pulled it from the earth whoever polished it or did whatever they need to do to make it saleable, the person who packed it, the person it was shipped by. I mean, it's, get, it's going through a lot of different hands. So you need to get rid of all that energy in order to get back down to the earth energy, which is the core energy of the stone itself. And I believe we talked before about cleansing stones. It can be very simple. You do the white light meditation, you send the white light through the stone, you see the stone is glowing from within, and you bless it. You say, I bless this stone into, you can say the spirit of the Lord, into spirit, into, um, I bless this stone into the spirit of the Lord and program it for my needs or program it for me or however you want to do it. But if you just clear it first before you program it, you'll get a good idea of what the vibration of that stone is. So I bless the stone into the service of my soul is another one um, in order to really cleanse it. Other ways to cleanse them is running them under lukewarm water while you're rubbing them and sending loving energy towards them. Um, some people put them on the windowsill to be in the light, to be either in the sunlight or the full moon or the new moon. You could bury them. There's all these different things that work to cleanse the stones, but the simplest, easiest, and fastest that I know is just pulling white light through them and doing it that way. You're always going to want to gently wash your stones once they get to you, especially now. Um, but be careful of what you have. So if you have like a, a nice piece of sodalite, it's got a big white ring around it. It's got a big white you don't want to put it underneath that, that warm water for very long. So in order to, to cleanse it, you might want to get like a, a damp towel or a damp rag and just pat it and then let it dry. The same thing holds for, where are they? Oh, here we go. So this is selenite. Isn't that cool? It like flows. It's got all kinds of things. What selenite does is it helps align the spine. So this is an excellent, excellent stone. You'd see this is, is shaped as a wand and these are like a thumb so that when you're doing massage and whatever, you can put the proper pressure. This is very excellent, very excellent for healing. It's also a very calming stone. It helps relax all your muscles as you touch it, as you hold it. This stone never sees water, never. It will melt it and it melts quite easily. Um, which brings me to another purpose you can have in stones, which is to use them as an elixir. So this is something that's kind of older. A lot of people don't do this anymore. But as I was learning, I'm old. As I was learning about stones 30 years ago, this was something that people would do. So you create an elixir with your stones. Originally, the way I was taught was you take your stones, and it's got to be a hard stone. Again, it's not something that's going to melt in the water. A hard stone, um, like your, your rose quartz. Um, like your um, fluorites. You take these harder stones, and you actually put them in a jar full of water. And then you take that water, and you set it up on the mantle or wherever sunlight's going to hit it so that the sun then helps to merge the, the energy of that stone into the water. And what the point of that is, is that you then will be taking into your body the vibration of the stone. It's not necessarily considered um, 
like you have to do it anymore because we we've, we've learned a lot more about just using the vibration and, and pulling it through but it's kind of cool to be able to do that with certain stones now as a warning you have to know your stones before you do something like that because there are certain stones that are poisonous so a stone like malachite which is the green stone there's malachite you can see it's got lines malachite which is an expensive stone is very toxic if that stone breaks you have to be very careful of any dust from it you don't want it in your water it will it is very toxic so you just need to be careful of it malachite is one of the stones of transformation which would you know it's going to transform you from physical into spiritual being so you don't want to put that in your body so that's where that is i am going to so also when you are creating an elixir the other way to do it is like this now these are fairly recent i think this is rose quartz it was sent to me by one of my clients actually uh, someone i mentor who you guys may know she said this to me because it's so cool but what they do is they have the stone is in contained within something else so the water would be all around it but the stone itself is contained within something else and they have different you could pull this out and put different stones in there so this is rose quartz so this would be great if you know i filled this up with water and i use it as my water bottle it infuses the water with relaxation with loving energy with peacefulness and that's what you want to do but even when you get something like this you do want to bless it prior to using it okay and these i believe you can get on spiritual guru i know she had them before and there's all different stones that you can have in the center so this is rose quartz i think they have like <clears throat> obsidian clear quartz crystal and i'm not sure what else uh tigers i may be with them but that's a great idea because then you can add the infusion of the energy of the stone in there without having to um, take as much time to create an elixir and also without having to worry well, is this toxic or not because it's not touching the water another way for it not to touch the water is if you get a bottle and you put it on something and you put the stone underneath it so obviously the stone is not going to be right under the bottle because then that doesn't work well unless you use a um a wine bottle because it's got that little bubble there um so you put it on something you have the, the stone right underneath it also when doing healing work with gemstones you can also if the person is not comfortable having the stones on them or you don't want your stones to physically be touching someone you can put them underneath them something you shouldn't do but you might want to do if you have somebody who is always cranky who comes to the house or starting trouble and it's uh thanksgiving and they always sit in the same place you get a nice piece of rose quartz that's nice and dark and you work with it for a couple of weeks heading up to it and you you know you anoint it with oils and you get it all set up for soothing energy and you tape that to the bottom of their chair and watch the action uh, I actually did something like that. My mom gets very anxious and I, I had a rose quartz that I stuck in her purse for my brother's wedding. So she was very calm. It was awesome. It worked very well until she figured out what I was doing and she got mad at me, but the wedding was great. So things like that, as long as you're not harming people, it's not really, you're doing them a service. You're doing them a favor by helping them to enjoy themselves and feel better. It's not the same as roofing someone or something like that. Um, it's more about being loving and putting that loving energy in and around them so that they know that they can relax and be calm. Now, if you're the one who gets crazy during Thanksgiving, put it under your chair. You know, if uh, you could do that too, or maybe you want all stones under all the chairs, you do whatever you need to do. You can also make a, a centerpiece with something. I have a very a couple of large crystal balls and, and people love those. You put a little flowers around them, you have a large crystal ball there and people are like, oh, isn't that neat? No idea that what you're doing is cleansing the energy around so they don't bite. 
it works. So, <laughs> um, let me see. So, making an elixir out of your stones can be very helpful, especially if you have a job or something where you don't want to carry your stones with you or you can't carry them with you for some whatever reason. You can create an elixir with the stones and then just take that water bottle or that drink in a regular bottle, plastic bottle, doesn't matter. It's infused with the energy and then you have that energy with you and nobody's gonna question you having a drink of water most places. So, so we know that whether it's an ugly stone or it's beautiful and polished, doesn't really make a difference. Oftentimes, actually, the stones that people think are ugly, that most people will overlook, are the strongest stones because they still have that essence, like they held on to who they are. Um, so that's good. And as I said, when you're purchasing online, make sure that you trust whoever is sending them to you. You can't always know directly who it is, but if you're looking at the pictures and you're feeling a really good vibe from them and you're looking up like they're, I always look at the reviews and actually read them because especially places like Amazon, what they do is they ask you, did it arrive on time? Was it broken or not? That's not asking me anything about anything that really makes a difference, which is what was the quality of the product. So you're getting fake reviews there. So if you look at the reviews and actually read them, and what I do is I always go to the worst reviews first to see what the complaints are. Is the complaint something that's like kind of dumb? Like, oh, this didn't look like the one in the picture. It says right on the picture. It's not going to look like the one in the picture. You know, like, so that's just somebody who wasn't paying attention. Or are they real saying, oh, I ordered lapis lazuli and they sent me sodalite which is half the price you know or i found out i wanted carbon quartz and they sent me smoky quartz instead which again is less than half the price of carbon quartz carbon quartz is expensive so um know if the buyer should beware with certain things so i have to stop saying that because i keep saying so I'm going to try and stop that. We use stones for so many different things. Have an idea when you're purchasing a stone, what shape would be best or what you prefer. Because I use my stones for healing, I do readings with them. I've done massage with them. I do all kinds of um, visualizations and things like that using them and I utilize their energy in my everyday life. I have several different ways that I use them. So I, I like having all different facets of the same stone. So things like I showed you with the fluorite, I have my big heart fluorite that's really good for calming me down and for shifting your energy to a more healing, more loving place. I have my wand for if I need to do any type of healing where I'm, I'm hitting pressure points. I have this amazing, it almost looks black, it's so dark purple. Uh, and I guess I, I must have moved my, my flashlight. At some point I'll show you this where you can actually see how dark purple it is. It's beautiful. I've never seen fluorite this deep previously. I got this up in Maine. Or do I want to connect more like to the earth energy? Is, am, I, am I using this to ground myself? When you have stones that are part of their matrix, it is good for grounding. No matter what the stone is, no matter what type of stone it is, if you're feeling way out here and out of sorts and you have stones that are in the matrix, you hold on to that and it'll immediately put you where you need to be and make you feel more solid. So here's another example. This is watermelon tourmaline. 
this also is from Maine. Tourmaline is, is very, very um, abundant in Maine. That's where a lot of ours comes from. So I don't, you can't see it real well, but you can see the pink around the green tourmaline, and that is still in its matrix. See, and there's, it runs through. Then I have this piece of watermelon. This has been through a lot. It's been with me probably for 20 years old. So, and if you look at this, this is also watermelon tourmaline. They both can do the same type of job. This one obviously looks much smaller. This is in the matrix. It's all up to what you like. I love things that are very raw. That are, I just, I love them. Some people don't because there's a lot of like hard craggy edges there. So while you're working with it, you're getting poked and whatnot. Whereas something like this, it's nice and smooth. You could rub your fingers on it and it feels nice. One of my favorite um, stones is calcite because it can be used for so many things and there are so many colors of it. So this is a raw piece of calcite. It has these crystals on top. It's still somewhat in its matrix. Really cool looking. When I first saw it, it looked like a slice of beef to me <laughs> that was medium rare. Made me hungry. So of course I had to buy it. So that's what that looks like. That is absolutely raw. This is also a raw piece. This obviously is green calcite, whereas that was pink. And it's just, you know, where they, they chiseled it out to make several pieces. This is a little bit in between. So this obviously is polished on the top, but you can see it's still in its matrix. So this is kind of like the best of both worlds. And again, we have green calcite here going into white. I think there's a little bit of black and red and it has a little hole in it. I do, I tend to, to get a lot of stones that have, they're called windows. And we'll talk about that some other time, but I'll, I'll leave you guessing. And then this is also a piece of calcite and this has been shaped. They did take the natural shape and then just kind of made it more symmetrical. And that's golden calcite. You can see where part of the matrix is still part of it. This is probably my most powerful piece of calcite. The energy is very directed. It's golden, which for me, I'm a Leo. So I have all things that have to do with the sun really inspire me and ignite my energy. And you can find what ignites your energy. A lot of people know that certain stones don't like to be together. They don't, go, they don't play well together, as they say. Well, there are certain stones for certain people that you just shouldn't use. Besides stones that are irradiated, like all those stones that are like uh, magic topaz and all that, where they're black and they have the pretty colors, they're all dead. They're all very sick, sick stones. It breaks my heart every time I see one. Yes, if, if I didn't feel them, I'd be like, oh, that's so pretty, but mm, they are killing that poor thing. So never touch those, very bad. Even though I've seen them sold on some sites as like a new type of stone, it's not. It's a dead, cracked, murdered stone. Don't touch it. Um, I have no thoughts or opinions on that whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, what was I saying? Okay. So having the different types of stone, the more you use it, the more energy it will run. And you need to make sure that you do cleanse them regularly, even if you're not using them. One of the things that I like to do uh, when I was in Maine, I did it more often than here. I would take all my stones and I would just put them out in the garden, just have them all in the garden, especially if it was gonna storm or rain, they love the rain and that cleanses them. 
again, though, you have to know what you're dealing with because if I put this out in the garden, this would be gone. The garden would, would have some nice nutrition from the stone because it would just melt. So you have to know what you're dealing with. There aren't a whole lot of stones that are that soft, but some of them that are really soft don't really seem soft. You're like, oh, this is just like all the other ones because it feels the same, but it's not because it's got veins of something running through it that is easily, um, easily melted. Let's see, we did fluorite. Along the lines of quartz. Quartz is the basis of a lot of stones, and quartz it tends to be a harder stone, which is nice. But you still have to treat them right. So this is a tumbled amethyst. And this is an amethyst geode. It is still on its matrix. I always find geodes fascinating because a lot of geodes, it's like a, it looks like a regular old stone. You crack it open, it's got all these beautiful little crystals inside. They're amazing. And then another type of quartz is citrine. I'm looking, some of my stones have rolled away from me. <laughs> They're like, don't show me. Oh, here we go. So this is another piece of these two stones together. So this is called ametrine. It contains cal um, citrine and amethyst together. So it has the properties of both. Very, very powerful stone. Now, if you see, mine is jagged. How did that happen, you may ask? It was not because of carelessness. It was because the person I was working on had such powerful negative energy around them and in them that as we started the process to clear them out, my stone exploded. We never did find it, it was like this long, we never did find the other half of it. So that will happen, stones can be overcome with so much energy that they will pop or they will crack. You might have a stone one minute and then the next minute you're like, where, where did that go? I know I was just looking at that and not be able to find it. I have my necklace, which you'll see me wear often, which is lapis lazuli. It is a scarab. I got that in 1990, I think was the year I got that, uh, somewhere in the 90s anyway. But that at times has just completely left me. Like I've, I'm moving from place to place and it's gone. And then like two or three years later, all of a sudden I have it again. I don't know where it went, but apparently it went somewhere because it wasn't with me. <laughs> so things like that can happen too. I know it sounds very fantastical, but that's what stones are. They're living things. They just move a lot more slowly than we do. crystals do grow and their energy like breathes. So this is also a quartz. This would actually be considered a clear quartz crystal or maybe a smoky quartz with a phantom. A phantom is when another stone grows inside the quartz and the quartz engulfs it. And depending on the phantom, there are a lot of different things you could do. I'm also very attracted to that type of stone. And we'll do a class, I think, just on quartz, just on the different forms of quartz and the different ways that it can be utilized and what usually sits with it. I was talking about different stones that are not good for you. One of them that is not good for me because I'm a sun child is aquamarine. Aquamarine is the birthstone for uh, March. I don't have any, I never wear any, and I don't feel real comfortable around them because what aquamarine does for me is it pulls my energy down. 
it's not because the vibration of aquamarine is not high. It is high for those who, who use it. It's actually good to disperse pollution from your field. But because I'm a Leo and I'm not just a sun sign Leo, I'm a stellium in Leo. I think I have like five planets in Leo. It's like, I'm very Leo. And that's all fire. And the aquamarine is water. It tamps down on my energetic. Sometimes you will find in a book what you should be around and what you shouldn't. However, the best way to figure it out is to go and feel the stones yourself, be around the stones yourself. Another thing you may want to do in this time period is simply call up a friend. Do you know anybody who has a lot of gemstones? So that you're, you're not being out and doing anything that is making things worse for you. You're actually trying to do something that strengthens your immunity. Speaking of immunity and health, Fluorite is actually one of the best healers out there. Green fluorite specifically is used in the Casey cures against things like tumors and cancer, where you have a full spectrum light and you put the light through the green calcite and you target it to whatever area needs to be helped. And it helps to shrink, um, supposedly, I am not a doctor, it helps to shrink cancer cells and shrink tumors and that type of thing. It is specifically the green calcite, and not calcite, the green fluorite. So the green calcite wants me to talk about him because I use green calcite a lot. He's like, you're ignoring me. So when we look at green calcite, Using any calcite will help you align your system, your chakra system, your energetic system. But green calcite specifically is used to help prevent alien abduction. Yes, I did say aliens, and I don't mean from out of the United States. <laughs> so what and I'm not sure why it's the green calcite specifically because all calcite has an electrical charge, but what the green calcite does is it, it, it disrupts the energy field around you so that nothing can like just kind of beam in. Things can't just electrically, it controls the electrical field, your electromagnetic field, so that you're protected in that way and specifically against that type of um, process or that, that type of occurrence. And any green calcite will do. I had a client once who was, who felt like they were regularly being accosted in their sleep, I'll say. And they slept with it, like they sewed green calcite into like their pajamas and stuff so that it was physically on their body and it did stop whatever was going on. It stopped it from happening. In my home, uh, my child and I usually, wherever we're sleeping, we have green calcite on all the windowsills around us. So that's one of the more unique things that green calcite is used for. Are you satisfied, baby? Okay. I don't know why he wanted me to say that, but okay. Because I, I do intend to do a calcite-specific class at some point. Now, if you want to ask any questions... Oh, would that work for dogs too? Yes. Yes. Um, dogs actually are very highly attuned to the earth energies, much more than we are. So if you had stones around and they seem to like sitting next to one or being near one, you definitely want to get more of that or have that around them in their space so that they can, uh, you know, feel comfortable with that. I mean, I have certain stones that my cat will just pick up and leave with. <laughs> She's just like, this is mine now. You know, so animals definitely do feel it very, very strongly. The one other thing that I, I wanted to go through, I know I talked a little bit about shapes. But if you have a stone and you want to really amp up the energy, I have like these little pyramids 
And pyramids, of course, will help direct the energy and it helps to amplify it. So I will get a stone and put it underneath my pyramid and that will help disperse the energy and make it bigger and a little bit more direct. If you specifically want to direct energy, the best way to do that is to get stones that have a point, at least at one end. Like this is balanced. It's got the feminine and the masculine. Um, the Herkimer diamonds have points on both sides, so the energy goes out in both directions. I prefer things where I know which direction the energy is going to go out, like so you can point it. Then you have the egg. Why would somebody use an egg versus a sphere? Well, the egg, again, even though it's not a direct point, it does kind of focus the energy more up, whereas the sphere really puts it around itself very evenly, all the way around itself. Ooh, this guy's vibing. I haven't held him for a long time, so he's like, yes, okay. And the reason why this is my most powerful stone is because I utilize this almost every time I do any type of energy work. Because having this on my solar plexus really ups the amperage by a lot. And it helps me to go through very difficult processes and not lose my energy because it's helping me filter the energy. It's not all coming from me, it's coming from source, it's coming from earth, and then it's going out. An interesting thing, which we will probably delve into more at another time, is the energy field that each stone has. Every type of stone has their own type of energy field. Some of them are small and very local, others are big, like I said with the peridot and the olivine. It's a minimum of six feet in every direction from that stone. So you don't need a real big stone to have a real, a nice field. It will, if you have peridot on your body, it creates a shield that it goes south six feet in every direction from your person. So it's not just from the stone, it's from your body, from whatever it's sitting on. Then you have stones that are more subtle, that it's more localized, and I would say that's more like the, the fluorite. The fluorite, you would want to put it on the area that you want to soothe, or you want to hold it close. Whereas the peridot can be in the room and still it's got that big energy field. Uh, okay, do you guys have any other questions? Um. That's interesting that you pointed that out about the um, rounded stones versus pointed stones because I, I very rarely find myself drawn to pointed stones. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's probably because I'm always trying to sort of help myself to absorb good energy from around me as opposed mm -hmm. to pushing energy out. Yes. So, or pointing direct, like they're more harsh almost. You like... Right. You know, They're very specific, whereas I'm looking for something that's more, you yeah. know, to, to make a better flow of energy, I guess. Mm -hmm. I have a piece of really dark purple fluorite. I don't know if you can tell. Oh, um, oh wow. I usually like the uh, the multicolored fluorite, but I saw this one, and I don't know. It was just really, really cool. I did the same thing, because I all mine is rainbow, except for that, that piece. <laughs> so... Well, that's good. I like how, how being able to, we're all saying the same thing. This thing, I just liked it. I just felt it. I just, there's something about it. So I'm going to wheel back over to all my stones and bring up one who just hollered at me across an entire gem show. It was like, it hollered at me. And I just love him. Get a load of him. Wow. He's a dog tooth, dog tooth, wouldn't you know it? I never even heard of a dog tooth calcite. Look what's under his bottom. Oh, nice. Isn't that great? Wow. I know. So I'm literally in the gem show 
when we could still go to gem shows. Yeah. I'm literally in there and I'm going up to this because like what you we all do the same thing. We just kind of get drawn. Yeah. Right. And and I knew going in I needed a calcite, but there were several in there. And he's in the corner like, pick me. Like roof, roof. <laughs> exactly. He's like, pick me, pick me. So I look over at the vendor and I just ask her. Can you hear him? Yeah. Yes. Rigar loves this thing. Dog tooth calcite. He's like, okay, mom, gotcha. Okay. So I look over at the vendor and I kind of gesture at her first. Can I touch it? Because I, yeah. I'm not comfortable just running up and touching something unless somebody says it's okay. Yeah. And, and all I had to do was take him in my hands and I was like, oh, okay, you have to come home with me. Right. Well, we all do that. You know, Stephanie said the same thing. I don't know why. I usually get color, but this kind of went, oh, I kind of like, yeah, exactly. But, uh, Geraldine, I do like what you said about, um, about picking when we don't have that opportunity because that's why I wanted to talk about this because I do use two sources who I used to buy from in person. Yes. And, and what I like about them is that I will say, like, wheeling back again, um, because, uh, Geraldine, you know I channel my books, and I'm in the middle of getting ready to publish my next one. I needed, I, I work with Soth, and I needed Emerald. An Emerald, because they, wow. it, yeah, it's a channel. So I knew what I wanted, and the person I work with, I will ask her, I'm looking for a... <laughs> and raw or whatever, and she will send me individual, I know you can hear them, she will send me the individual photos that I absolutely trust. Mm -hmm. But because I've worked with her before and I know where she sources them from, mm -hmm. I, know, I know that she has the same kind of energy signature that I do, that she will only send me the photos that she knows are, are okay. So yes. you're absolutely right, I totally trust whatever photos that she sends to me. And then she's also really good about saying, um, it's this size or this size, and she'll put a little, some kind that of room next to see. it. Exactly, so I know exactly what I'm getting. Yeah, so that's what I figured too, that that's, you, you kind of confirmed that that's still the best way to do it. And like Jennifer's site too, with Spiritual Guru. I, you, for me, I still have to go to places that I trust. Yes. I just do. Yeah. That is the best way to do it. Yeah. And that ensures too, that whatever you're receiving is coming to you with good energy to begin with. Exactly. Instead of yeah. having something that then you have to totally clear and you know, who knows where it's been. Get it. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows where it's been and who's put their paws on it. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That all the dog references there. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But but that's what I do. And the reason I asked about the dog one, I know that they all obviously you can hear the pack in the background. I have a client who uh, her dog suffers from severe separation anxiety to the point that she doesn't want to leave the house. Now I work with a lot of people who have the dogs who have separation anxiety, so I can give her all kinds of basic stuff about, particularly with the cannabis oils right now, they're getting a lot of good results with that. But when you said, taped it under the chair, I thought, oh, maybe she can try that with the crate. Mm -hmm. That's why I, it, I didn't even occur to me that that might get another way that she might be able to help the dog. Yeah, and another way is to sew it into pillows or things like that, although a dog can require a pillow, but but uh, uh, but they'll sleep on yeah they do they'll sleep on the pillow sleep on top of it, yeah yeah and they can you do that on the pillow when the you're having um you do that for children when they're having nightmares and stuff there are different stones that you can like place strategically around the room yeah for yeah them to settle them down okay that see I hadn't hadn't even thought about that but that's a suggestion that I think she might be able to use good great good. Yes, Stephanie. Um, something she had said reminded me of, of what you were talking about earlier with the um, dyed stones and how that's not as bad as being, well, it's not bad for the stone. Um, 
because one of the one of the first stones that I bought that was like a big mistake that I hope I never make again. Um, it was this really beautiful piece of stone that was being sold as turquoise. Um, and it looked, it, it had like this pattern of veins in it that really called to me, sort of like the branches in that sheet that's behind your head there. Mm -hmm. um, it made me think of tree branches against a blue sky. And I was so happy to have found it and I bought it. And I just didn't really believe that it was turquoise. Mm -hmm. And over time, I got obsessed with finding out if it was or not. And eventually I broke it and learned that I was right. It wasn't turquoise. Mm -hmm. And I was so upset after I did that because even though it was just halite, it was still a really, really nice stone. And I yeah. wish that I kept it intact and just appreciated it for what it was. Yeah. So yeah. I proved that I was the way it feels to you. Stone. Yeah. That's good. It's about the way it feels to you and the way you know, it makes you feel and is it comforting? Is it soothing? Does it give you more focus? Does it enliven you? Like, how does it make you feel? And that will dictate whether or not you can actually work with it more so than, oh, well, I got this lapis lazuli and it's supposed to open my third eye, but it's not working that way. Well, it might not be lapis lazuli, number one. And number two, maybe that stone just you guys don't buy because just like we're all individual, stones are all individual and although like for instance we're all women so we are alike we're in the same group but i might do things differently than mcdowell does mcdowell does things a little bit differently than stephanie does and because of that we work well with certain groups of people or with certain things so just like we have those little idiosyncrasies so do the the souls, the energetics of the different stones. And that's something yeah. a lot of people don't, they're like, oh, I don't like this because I bought it one time and it did this and that. You know, maybe that stone just didn't like you. You know, maybe it was just that one time. Maybe it wasn't meant for you. Maybe you bought it for your cousin and you didn't realize that. So Yeah, I've done that for people before. I'll buy something that I feel like wants to go home with me, but I, but I don't really know what to do with it. Uh -huh. And then pretty soon I'll uh, figure out what it wants. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I also, I, I, since that incident, I kind of come to the conclusion that turquoise is, even though I thought that it was supposed to be a really good stone for me, it really doesn't vibe with me very well because I ended up buying some turquoise that was still on the matrix so that I knew it was real. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I just felt like I ought to have it. And it, I never, I never really feel like holding it or doing anything with it. So, um, that's a very good example of the way that works. And you know, there's two types of turquoise. There's the Chinese turquoise and the American turquoise, and they're a little bit different. Huh. No, I didn't know that. I didn't either. Yeah, the American turquoise is that brilliant uh, blue-green, like it's, it's more bright. And that's what we usually associate with turquoise. And the Chinese turquoise is, is like a more green than blue. And it has a slightly different energetic. They're both a little bit, they're similar in some ways, but they're a little bit different than each other. And I, although I love the look of the American turquoise, for whatever reason, I have more Chinese turquoise. I don't know why, but. It, for whatever reason, that comes into my hands a lot more often, and I use that more often. Well, I like also what you said about and what we've all been saying about what resonates and what doesn't. And Stephanie's, I'm I'm kind of with you on this one too. I have a lot of Native American energy around me, and I've lived a lot of those lifetimes. Turquoise does nothing for me, and you would think because I've heard that from others. Oh, all that Native American McDowell, you must love turquoise. No. Nah. <laughs> right it doesn't it does nothing for me i don't buy it i've never had it around well probably because you're done with that frequency. i'm done with it yeah. exactly yeah that's interesting i know <laughs> so before we go what is your favorite stone stephanie do you have a favorite stone that you like to use or fondle or whatever. 
Well, I think I actually showed it to you the last time. Um, I'll show it to McDowell. Yeah, yeah. It's the first, the first uh, Oh, you froze. You froze. Oh, there it is. There you go. What Sorry, is? yeah, the closet doesn't get very good reception. It's um, the closet. <laughs> it, it was sold as Ruby and Zoisite, and I, I, I think that's what it is. But it to me, it looks like a gas planet, and I love it. I, so I call it my Ruby planet. That is beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Um, that is so nice. Well, I have. Well, of course, I have so many. It just depends on what I'm in the mood for. And of course, I love my dog tooth. I mean, come on. How can you not love anything that big? Now, when what I usually do with him is if I'm in um, places where there's a lot of other people who can do spiritual and psychic work, I take him along in a bag. Be I do. And I tuck him away under my feet. Because sometimes I just feel like there's so much going on here that I need a really big piece to protect me. And if somebody gets in my way, I'll just take him out and, and like whack him with it. But that's, I like him, but I've got a couple now, of course the wand. So here's this one. This is of course, Labradorite, Labradorite. And I have a lot of Labradorite. I love this stuff, but doesn't he have a lovely little point, but you're yeah. right, Geraldine. I learned this the hard way that Labradorite can, can kind of be soft and I have to be really careful with it. So I kind of wrecked his nose, his oh. little point here. And I've apologized to him ever since. And I'm like, oh my God, I kind of messed up your nose a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah is he beautiful? But yeah. here's one that recently came in. He, he just came into me and I just adore him. Get a load of this. And let's hope, like you said, it's, oh, see, it's really hard to tell. This is Kambala Jasper. And I, yeah, I had never even heard of this thing before and I'm using it now for people and for myself to let go of the past. That's gorgeous. Isn't he beautiful? Oh my God, he's so beautiful. And again, it's kind of like Stephanie, what you're showing. You can't really see how utterly green he is and how utterly, and he's smooth and he's got all these spots and he's just, I love him. I love him. And then of course I have, my carnelian i mean there's just so many right you just pull yeah. them out and go oh but what i really like about these like you guys do too you just kind of hold them mm -hmm. right this one you said where's my lapis and i brought mine up so i'm sitting here holding him and finally he goes would you let me go back to the altar <laughs> he was really annoyed he was like ow what can i please go back to the altar okay <laughs> <laughs> So, um, again, I will ask you guys which one to do for next week. Just let me know on Facebook. And let me know if there's anything else you want me to cover. Like, if you have any specific questions or anything, just let me know. It is time to go. It's about a quarter after one at this point, I believe. Or I might be totally wrong. <laughs> because I'm looking at how long we've been on, not at the actual time. It's okay. I'll be okay. I will sleep. You need rest. Yeah. Yeah. Get some rest. So thank you very much. And this is Geraldine St. Joseph. And this was Gemstones and Crystals. Mahalo. <laughs>